You've turned on Sexy Marriage Radio, where the best sex is happening in the marriage bed. This episode is brought to you by CovenantSpice.com, the fun, safe, and affordable way for Christian couples to take their sex life to the next level. Here are your hosts, Dr. Corey Allen and Shannon Efridge. Well, once again, it is great to be back on air with you again, Miss Shannon. Thank you, sir. It's great to be back. And I'm glad to be able to say hey to all the people that listen to us regularly and let us know what they think and the stuff they like, the stuff they don't like. Uh, You can let us know what you think, and you can send us an email at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com because, you know, as, as we say every week, our listeners are the sexiest listeners out there and the best listeners out there, and so... We love, and, and I I do love how sometimes they'll share a tidbit with us that we even apply. They really are the sexiest <laughs> listeners on the planet. That's, that's true. Like, We're learning for that tidbit. Yep. I'll stuff that in my back pocket. We're learning from you, just like hopefully you <laughs> learn from us. And one of the things we love, also we love our listeners doing, is when they jump on iTunes and they give us reviews and they help spread the word because. I mean, Shannon, I know you and I, I'm assuming, we're, we're sharing our, the words about Sexy Marriage Radio. Anytime we get a chance to speak, talk to group, you know, group of people, whatever, I'm putting plugs in saying, hey, here's, here's a great way to talk about sex and hear more about us and what's going on. Absolutely. But, I think it's one of the greatest resources that either one of us offers. Yep. But then there's also, we get a lot of help from people doing that for us. And so I'm making a public plea, spread the word. We love it. We love it when it happens. And and when we can climb the charts in the sexuality category in iTunes, that helps us even spread the word even further. So, Yeah. And in today's day and age where marriages are falling apart all around us, don't know if you've reached that season of life yet where you notice that, gee, we're like one of the only one of our friends still married. Yep. It, that people need resources like this. You would be a hero to them to introduce them to shows like this or books that you've read, things that you have found helpful. Don't hide those under a bushel. Right. Share them. Right. Because we we really believe marriage is where it's going on when it comes to the best sex possible. And mm-hmm. if that's not happening in your life yet, it can. And one of the great steps is listening to this show. So thank you for taking time out to listen to us. And those, those of you that email us at feedback at sexymarriageradio.com, thanks for letting us know. So let's go right there, because I've got an email that we've had in the queue for a little while. And it's a, it's a lady that's asking, well, first she loves the fact that it's a Christian view that helps the rest of the people with sen- this sensitive subject of sex. That, that's what we talk about, that we're un- unapologetic about talking about how good sex can be and mm-hmm. all the issues that are surrounding it. So the question she has is, her husband wants her to talk to him in bed. It does not go on to say if it's dirty talk or not, but we can kind of go with any of that, can't we, if, uh, for this show? It's just, we totally can. And, and so she wants to, you know, she has things in her head. She, you know, the way I love it because she's like, I have wonderful things in my head. I just can't get them to come out. <laughs> so I'm thinking that's a great show of how, because think about it. There are times, if not every time, in sex where a thought comes up, an idea comes along, and maybe you follow it, maybe you don't. You know, where it's this whole, ooh, that could take us on a whole different path. I don't know if I want to go there. Or, you know, I I don't know. Does that make sense what I'm talking about? Absolutely. I think that she probably represents a, a pretty significant percentage of people who 
you know, like I'm thinking of my husband who he just struggles to talk in general. He's just more <laughs> of an introverted person. Give him some numbers to crunch, yep. or some Excel spreadsheets to, to, you know, wave a magic wand over and he is your guy. But it, when it comes down to just spontaneously creating conversation, right. it, it's not his strong suit. Right. I, I've decided in our marriage that that's totally fine. One of us is enough that, you know, can just... <laughs> you're little, little, you're, you're you filling know. in the gaps pretty easily. I, totally I got gotcha. you. But, but, you know, I create some numbers gaps, too, and he, he fills in those gaps for me. So it works. It totally works for us. But I do know that when it comes to a sexual scenario, why would it be any different? Why would that person just automatically and magically have a plethora of conversation to spit out when it's not how they operate normally? So okay. I think that it boils down to the question of how far out of your comfort zone are you willing to attempt to be stretched? And that's a great foundation to start this conversation because this can also apply to almost everything we do, especially when it comes to sex, because I have the fundamental belief that we have sex up to the level of anxiety we can tolerate most of the time. There's times where we go further. Okay, say that again. Okay, we have sex. Because that's really deep. Yeah, <laughs> we have sex up to the level of the anxiety we can tolerate. And this doesn't necessarily mean both of you. Usually sex goes to the, the level that the lowest common denominator, and I don't mean that in a derogatory term, can tolerate. So it, it, we want to be comfortable when we're having these kind of intimate moments. And the times, that's where we talk about on the show a lot, the times where you stretch and get beyond that comfort zone is typically where you find some of those really blow your mind kind of moments, in a good way, blow your mind kind of moments. So the idea of we have sex to the level of anxiety we can tolerate means I've got something that my wife wants from me. And it puts me in an awkward situation. I'm uncomfortable. It's I'm I'm anxious. I'm insecure. It's, I'm it's vulnerable. It's not natural for right. you. It, whatever it could be, it could be she maybe just wants me to look at her in the eye. Maybe she wants me to talk to her. Maybe she wants to do something we've never done before. Maybe she wants me to go longer than I've gone before. You know, whatever it could be. And so, I have to be willing to not blame her, but learn to soothe myself in that moment to then stretch myself in that moment. I, I like that rather than blame your partner for wanting something from you that isn't natural for you to give, because it's not their fault. It's not a problem that right. they're requesting something from you. If anything, it's saying, I trust you with my innermost longings right. and I'm going to even reveal to you my innermost longing. And my hope is that you of all the people on the planet, you are the one person that I feel safe that Mike could actually go there with me, right. that this is not something I would take to anybody else. Right. And so that's a sacred opportunity to create a sacred moment mm -hmm. between the two of you. Mm -hmm. And I think to help with this conversation, um, I, I want to frame this in, in a manner in which that I, it helps make sense to me because it starts to break down the whole dynamic of what unfolds during sex. So this is just basically a framework or a, um, kind of a diagram to think about if you think about how you do sex, okay? So this is typically not what, what you're thinking in the midst of sex. <laughs> so this is like the meta-communication stuff where we're talking about talking. This is, I don't even know where to go with that one, so I'm going to leave it alone. Um, so the idea is it's a collaborative alliance. That's the foundation. That anytime you're going to have... A collaborative meaning that it takes the two of you. Right. 
If you if you're talking about having sex with another human being, and in our case, what we're talking about is with our spouse, because that's mm-hmm. what we propose and and want to uplift. Mm-hmm. That if you're if you're going to have sex with your spouse, there is some sort of collaboration that goes along to make that happen. Mm-hmm. And the collaboration could be really, really minimal. It could just be one of you having it out of obligation, and it's just what you're supposed to do, but whatever. So you just kind of collaborate to a certain level. But what happens as the, as the whole dynamic unfolds, so the whole process has been set in motion. You're in the works of having sex. You're, you're doing, you're, you got the foreplay going. You're kissing. You're setting the mood, whatever it might be, whatever step in this process you're in, there's an alliance. And what will happen is one of you inevitably is going to have something distract you. It could be something happens in the midst between the two of you to where all of a sudden you're uncomfortable, so you break the alliance. You drop the alliance. You think about something else. You get distracted by a thought that just comes into your head, you know, the to-do list item that, oh, I didn't get that done. Or you look over and see dust on the headboard and you're, and you're like, oh, here, oh man, I, you know, but right. what, and I think that the natural go-to would be, do you remember we have a PTA meeting tomorrow night, dear? Right. You, know, you just start bringing up safer topics right. that allow you to come to the surface. Right. And so, but the whole point is you have dropped the alliance that you had established with your partner. And then what often happens then is once your partner cues in on the alliance is dropped, they're faced with, do I continue on? Or do I slow down and wait for you to reestablish the alliance? Do I get hurt because you dropped the alliance and now it's something about me? You know, so we get into this whole dynamic of where we're reading each other and oftentimes then having to face the fact of, uh uh-oh, this puts me in a situation where I can either blame you, I can be cold and be done and hurt and whatever, or I could just power through like nothing else is going on. You know, I don't need you around... On an emotional level, I just need you on a physical, you know, all of this kind of stuff is going on. Defensive thinking. Right. Mm -hmm. So the the goal then, if you look at it through this idea of a collaborative alliance, is once you drop the alliance, if, if you recognize it, your job is to do what you need to do to reestablish an alliance. If you're in a situation where your spouse has dropped the alliance, your job is to acknowledge that fact and not take it personally and then do what you need to do to reestablish an alliance. And that's basically the entire process of sex is an alliance is built. It's dropped. It's reestablished and built. It's dropped. It's reestablished. And that's how we get things done. And if you look at it through this framework, I I love, go keep going. No, well, I I love those two words together. Collaborative meaning it takes two to tango. That mm-hmm. this is something we can only do together. And alliance, I just think of ally. You know that that your friends going at this together. Right. That it's a mutual goal. That right. this is not me against them. Right. Uh, it it's not. Uh, I'm capable of doing this. You're not. So now, therefore, I've proven you that you know you're less capable of intimacy than I am. It it's an alliance. It's yep. something that you are truly motivated to accomplish together in unity. Right. And but it also because of that we I mean when we face th- situations like this, oftentimes we want to do more than we can a lot of times because maybe I'm the high desire. And I want to make sure it happens so I will carry more than I need to. 
and not give the room for my wife to truly have to step up and carry her into the bargain. And that's what starts to trip people up so much when it comes to, to bad sex, to mediocre trickle down kind of sex that just Mm -hmm. where you're just settling for scraps. It's because you've never really worked to establish that alliance where both of you are working to keep it. And if you look at it through what, what our emailers are saying is, Hey, he wants me to talk, which puts me in an uncomfortable position. Even if it's just the idea of just speaking up during sex and saying, Ooh, I like that. Maybe that's that. That's just enough out of the comfort zone that keeps you quiet. So yeah, it, it, <laughs> I'm just I'm sorry. I have to laugh because it reminds me of a greeting card that I saw one time where two women are sitting on the couch and the parakeet behind them uh, starts rattling off all kinds of words and phrases and one of them is yeah take me home big boy and the (laughs) woman is the little bubble over her head is never again in the living room (laughs) (laughs) yep so yeah it could be something as innocent as you know you're right oh that feels good or I love it when you do that to me or you know take me home big boy (laughs) or even or even just a groan or a moan because you have this fear that a kid in another room that's asleep and is dead to the world is going to hear it you know so it's just a moan or a groan can be very sexy it's still feedback yeah it is and but it also could be uncomfortable and so when my challenge is and this is specifically to the wife that has emailed us to recognize okay all this is is just you coming face to face with face to face with your own anxieties and seeing okay how can i challenge myself to to stretch my comfort zone because we like to think as our field you know the the therapy counseling coaching field oftentimes falls back to this idea of you need to learn to manage your emotions better i don't buy it you cannot manage things. You need to learn to tolerate your thresholds more. You need to learn to tolerate discomfort better so that you don't react to these things. You respond to them. So when you get to these moments where you're like, you have this wonderful thought in your head to say something, but yet you won't say it. Well, while you're in the midst of confronting that, you've actually broken the alliance because now you're in your world. You're not with your spouse. So mm. take a breath make eye contact, touch, do something to reestablish that connection and then see what happens. Cause just the fact of reestablishing that connection is probably going to stretch your comfort zone anyway. Well, and I'm trying to envision as a coach, if a couple came to me with this exact scenario, what are the steps that I would tell them to do as an exercise to, to warm up to this whole idea? And my thinking is that the whole notion of talking dirty to each other probably just feels way more intimate than what the lower talkative spouse, uh, you know, feels comfortable with. And I think that one of my assignments would be to get more comfortable with eye to eye contact Yep. that, that when you are comfortable staring at someone in the eyes for a long, for an extended period of time. And by that, you know, historically I do like a one to two minute window of time where I will sit the couple on the couch together her in his arms or his and hers or both, you know, we take turns and I tell them you can look anywhere between their cheekbone and their eyebrow so that you're not necessarily staring at the, at the pupil of their eye, but it has to be in that range, but you don't, you don't 
unlock eye contact for the full one minute or the full two minutes. You know, we, we gradually, you know, work up to more. Right. And it's amazing how the partner who's being held will totally relax into their partner's arms, mm -hmm. that it becomes a lot more natural. Mm -hmm. So I would think that maybe it's a natural step at that point when you're comfortable with each other, when you're looking in each other's eyes, when it feels appropriately intimate to come up with something that you would be comfortable saying to your spouse. Just one of those verbal responses that they're looking for in the sex act can actually be offered in the moment where you're just holding each other on the couch. I, you, know, you might want to ask your therapist to walk out of the room. And that's what I always, I always give them you know, plenty <laughs> of opportunity to just say what they want to say outside of that. That's when I, you know, I don't go outside to smoke a cigarette because I don't smoke, but you get the idea. Right, of, go get know, a cup of tea. I, I, yeah, I, I go to the back room and make a quick call or whatever. Um, but I think that when they can get to that comfort level of just looking into each other's eyes, the talking naturally follows. Mm -hmm. I also found it very, very interesting that Corey, right before we started recording the show, uh, a friend of mine sent a text message that had a link to an article in the New York times where it talked about how, if you really want to get to know a person very deeply, very quickly, that the challenge is to stare into their eyes for four minutes. Okay. Twice as long as what I would normally recommend. Right. And that it's actually an experiment that you can fall in love with anyone that you choose to. And the experiment has actually taken place in a laboratory where they take a heterosexual man and a heterosexual woman who are open to falling in love with each other because they're available and they're interested. And they give them a series of 36 questions that start out pretty superficial, mm -hmm. but gradually go deeper and deeper and deeper to the point that by the time they get through these 36 questions and they've stared at each other for this length of time, it feels like they're in love after the first date. Wow. Isn't that cool? Yeah. So I want to apply that to marriage. Yeah. I don't think that that has to be a dating technique. No. I think that that can be a marriage yep. courtship technique of just, has it become uncomfortable to do the to do the experimental things in bed together because you've kind of drifted apart and lost touch with each other? Right. And maybe it would help to establish some conversational uh, topics that the two of you talk about eye to eye, face to face, to where talking to each other in bed just feels a lot more natural. Right. Well, and so you can also take that out of the bedroom. How much eye contact are you making throughout the day with each other? Ah, that is so true. I actually had a couple admit recently that they have forgotten what each other's eyes look like yeah. because they've been married so long and parenting so long. Yeah. They know what their kids' eyes look like. Yep. I mean, how many conversations do you have throughout the day? I mean, obviously either via phone, text, email, because you're maybe not together. But even when you come home, usually the conversations where you're catching up, if it's anything like my household, it's while we're doing other things. You know, we're making dinner, we're dealing with homework. We're driving, you know, so we're not looking at each other while we're talking. Right. You're we're, shoulder to shoulder. Right. But we're you're just not talking, which that's an okay technique to keep that uh, a level of connection. But what we're talking about is up the level of connection, which is also going to up the level of possible discomfort, which gives us more opportunity to grow, to create more opportunity to, to have a deeper connection. So eye to eye is a great way, even outside of the room. I would also say directly to the our email our listener start talking more in the realm of the sexual talk if that's what we're talking about outside of the bedroom be playful with just conversations where you're dropping you know innuendos and 
Hence, right. if that's out Flirting. of your norm. Yeah, if, if that's out of who you normally are, we'll start trying some dirty talk in other situations that's not necessarily just in sex and see what that does. See, yeah. how, see how uncomfortable that makes you? Because all of that is still, if you put that under the whole guise of a, a collaborative alliance, that's really what your marriage is. You, but you're both agreeing to do life yeah. together. So if you keep that in mind, you may drop it, but get it back together. And that's the whole idea of constantly looking to how am I connecting with, with my spouse? How am I showing I want to be in alliance with you? And right now, Corey, I sense that there are some people listening who think staring in my spouse's eyes for a full minute, that it would just somehow, for some reason, it would be painful. Sure. Maybe there's just been so much distance. Maybe there's been some animosity lately. So here's what I would challenge them to do. The first time that I ever had this experience where, okay, we're going to do this experiment. We're going to look into each other's eyes. We're not going to break eye contact for you know, a specific amount of time. It wasn't with my spouse at all. It was with my shrink wrap group. It's a group of people that I've met with for over five years. We meet together monthly to counsel each other. We're a bunch of counselors who sit around and counsel each other. That's why we call it shrink wrap. But when we had that exercise that we did that with one another, the four of us, where we just took turns looking into each other's eyes and we could only say one of two words. We could only say yes or no. Okay. And it was a very interesting conversation that we were able to carry on over a several minute period of time of only saying yes or no based on what we saw in each other's eyes. So then I came home after that experience so pumped at what I saw in that little laboratory that I wanted to share that with my husband. So maybe try it with someone that you do feel safer with, you know, a friend or a sister or, you know, whoever, and then bring that comfort level into your marriage to see if you can't take that to the next step. Okay. Let's add the caveat, though, to be careful who you choose based on oh, your yeah. laboratory that was being talked about in the New York Times. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. You, yeah. It, it needs to be something that a romantic relationship in no way, shape, or form would be developed. Right. Yeah, my, yeah. My shrink wrap members are in their 80s, 70s, and 60s, and I'm in my 40s. So that's, that was not an option for me. Okay. <laughs> But it did. It felt very safe. It actually reminded me of what I wish I had gotten from my parents. Of just, it felt like I was staring into daddy or mommy's yeah. eyes, yeah. and it felt like the approval that I was, I felt starved of. Yeah. And so it gave me the confidence to ask my husband for that same level of approval once I got it from them, which isn't yeah. that, isn't that the way it's supposed to happen in life? We get approval and affirmation and acceptance from parents first. Right. And then we feel comfortable seeking it from our spouse. So maybe a question that you need to ask yourself is, did this discomfort start in this marriage? Or has this discomfort been something that has followed me for a long time mm -hmm. throughout throughout practically right. your whole life? Because we have those patterns that we carry forward. Right. Of, of we repeat the conversation. Yep. Yeah, we repeat the conversation in marriage that we started in childhood with our parents. So here's, here's a way I could see this playing out. Let, let's move out of the bedroom to the kitchen table. Let's say you're having dinner. And both, and I'm going to set the framework of both you and your spouse have heard Sexy Marriage Radio. So you've heard this episode. And you're like, you know, let's try that. Let's, let's see if just throughout the normal occurrences of the day, we can connect more when we talk by looking at each other. You know, by connect eye to eye. So, I mean, because this is one of those things that, that Pam and I have done. And one of the things that I think is important is, you know, we'll have a conversation and like, let, let's say I've got something important I'm wanting to talk to her. So since I'm the high desire in that instance, I'm going to be the one that'll be more looking at her, 
right? Because if we have more more desire, it's it, there's more tied to it than just okay whatever. So you're just more willing to be vulnerable and lead, right? Well, yeah, because I've I've got something I'm wanting to share. I'm wanting. I'm the one that's seeking that connection. So usually there's a little bit more intent and intensity coming from me than there would be from her. Mm-hmm. So it's harder for her then to meet my level of intensity. So, so okay. that, that would so be. So you're starting out at your level or your, your intent is to work up to your level. Right. So that would be where she would, you know, she would look at me and we would have a conversation and then she would look away. And I could easily be offended by that. You know, that'd be the same thing as if I'm having a conversation with her and she's distracted by something and she's not giving me, you know, what I'm looking for. So rather than being mad at her. It's better for me to soothe myself and stay where I am and see if she reestablishes with me or not. Hmm. And if she doesn't, then I can bring that up and, hey, hold on a sec. Is this not a good time? You know, so if we're both trying to deepen our relationship, then that challenges the system, if you will, to, for both people to have to do their part for this alliance to occur. That's the same thing that happens during sex. It's going along and one of you is not necessarily emotionally or mentally there. Well, the person that picks up on it, whether it's the person that's not there, do you do what you need to do to get back there? Or do you stay wherever you've gone to? And the same thing is for the other person. Do you say, hey, where are you? What's going on? I don't, I don't, fi- I don't sense you're around anymore. Or do you mm. keep it okay? You know, just keep going physically with what you're doing. You know, so it's just, that's, that's the whole laboratory. If you and look at I it. would, and I would say that it is so, so important for the spouse who is in the, we'll say they're in the Corey role of you're initiating this and you're guiding this. So, so important not to become accusatory or attacking yeah. with your words when yeah. you sense that your partner is not there, because if they don't feel safe, they're going to run even further. They're going to dig their heels in even harder. Right. Maybe a good thing to do would be to. Yeah, I can totally envision you taking Pam's chin with, you know, just the crook of your finger and just turning her head to where she's looking directly in your eyes. Or I can envision like what I would do with Greg in that moment is I would wrap my arms around his neck and I would put my cheek against his cheek and I would just breathe into his ear. Okay. I would just be present with him and I would let him feel my breath. And then after a few seconds of that, then I would back up and start looking at him in the eye again. So I would draw him in with my breath. Yeah. It's it's a it's a lot more safe to yeah. them to hear your breath than to hear your complaint. But the interesting thing is, this has nothing to do with your spouse. This has to do with you. Yeah. On how do you respond to these instances? Because I could the uh, the me being accusatory and mean is going to produce the same result as if I was to be hurt and pout because I didn't get what I was looking for. Right. So it's really. No, I need to soothe myself in that moment and reestablish my side of the alliance. If they don't want to reestablish theirs, then I've got something else to talk about. Because if they never want to establish that alliance, I've got more stuff to talk about. You know, I have a better picture of what's going on between us. Right. But as she sees you making that move toward the middle ground, she'll be inspired right. rather just, than required right. and just to being meet there. you yep. in that it, middle ground. If I can present something that's solid and patient and open and present well what i'm doing is i'm inviting her to use her judgment to say that's probably a good choice to choose 
Or she could just be caught up in other things that have nothing to do with me. And so she's not in a place to do it. And then she could say, you know what? I'm just not there. I need to get, let me get this stuff done and then let's connect. Or I I don't know, but you start looking at, that's the real playing field of what's happening between you. So now you can, I, I don't know, better, better handle your side of things. And then you see what your partner does. Yeah. Now, before this, before we run out of time on this conversation, Corey, let me turn it on its ear very quickly. Go. Okay. The opposite is also true that shutting up because that's what your spouse wants you to do during sex <laughs> can be equal of a challenge. Yep. And I'm a big believer in simply taking turns that if, if it's so important for one of you to talk or to be talked to, you know, that's one way of having sex, but that's not the only way of having sex. And if we have a partner who literally is most likely thinking in their head, I don't want to talk, please shut up. What you're saying is making me feel all the more awkward. I want to withdraw. It can be just as effective of a discipline for us to learn to just meditate with those thoughts in our own head and give ourselves what we need in the way of a rousing conversation in our own head to get our fire going because we can't always depend on our spouse to light our fire. It's not always their responsibility to okay. light our fire. Their, their fire is their responsibility and our fire is our responsibility. And hopefully the two of us can reach out and kind of stir each other's embers a little bit. But you know, the, the, just the, everything that we talked about here, and I know that some people are probably really disappointed that they're like fast forwarding and trying to get to the part where they hear Corey and Shannon talk dirty. I'm sorry if we disappointed you. <laughs> All we gave you is, ooh, take me home, daddy. You know, or that's it, big boy. <laughs> but the reality is, is that you're the only one who can create the conversation that you want to have because these are conversations that aren't coming from the outside. They're coming from inside of you. Right. You're just longing to hear them verbalized. So right. if if you want to hear them verbalized and your spouse is uncomfortable verbalizing them, then you verbalize them. Yep. But be sensitive to the spouse who wants to take turns and wants some of your lovemaking to be, to quite frankly, just be done in silence yep. in, in, in a sacred moment where less is more, where less conversation speaks more to them than the words that you're longing to hear. Yep. I look at it as um, if you're those of you that are Seinfeld fans operate from your little Costanza that do the opposite and see what happens with you and the and your comfort that if you normally really want to talk a lot during sex try being quiet and see what that does see what that stirs in you as far as the comfort if you normally don't speak up and see what that stirs as far as your comfort because those are all opportunities to grow so this has been absolutely. great absolutely i love it Thanks for growing with us. Hey, absolutely. And I got to give a shout out to CovenantSpice.com, our sponsor for this show today. Yeah. Go check them out. Let 2015 be the year that you try a little something new. Go to their website and check it out, CovenantSpice.com. So thanks again for taking some time out to listen to us today. We love hearing from you. Send us an email if you got something on your mind. Feedback at SexyMarriageRadio.com. So wherever you are, whatever you're doing, I hope it leads to some discomforting that it then turns into great sex. And if you heard the show, you know exactly what I'm talking about. (laughs) See you next time. God bless you.